Hello, everybody. Welcome to another frolicking, rollicking, rocky adventure of the two half squads. I'm Rocky. <laughs> that's Dave. And, and I'm Bullwinkle. And, and that's Dave, too. Did you say rocky adventure, did you say? Yeah, rocky. Rocky and rollicking. Uh, well, well, it's only because rocky. of our special guests. We have with us tonight Rich Spilkey in the broadcast foxhole and Zach Emberton. How's it going? Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. It's crowded in here in the foxhole. We have to remain standing. There's not enough room for sitting. So thanks, Which guys. It's really embarrassing because we're not yeah. wearing pants. Dave, can you reach in my back pocket and get my uh, <laughs> my cell phone out for me? <laughs> the pair upstairs, you mean? Yeah. Actually, no, that's not my back pocket. Stop it. This is the one and only podcast dedicated. Yeah, last nah, episode, yeah, 20%, so 20% ASL. to ASL. This episode, we're making up for it Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Dedicated to ASL, Man Squad Leader, the greatest game in the world. And in addition, well, the letters, and they'll most all be about Advanced Squad Leader, so that will count too. It's yeah. going to well, be tons. Anytime you have Spilky Meister here, may I call you Spilky Meister? We're talking Squad Leader if we're here, yeah. We're talking yeah. core, tough, and Zach is here also to add to that core ASL training. Yeah, Zach's our, is first time. Yes, my first time, and I promise 100% ASL, 40% of the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> That's better than we get from a lot of people. How did we not think of that one earlier? Yeah. And I'm you sure know, I'll uh, cut that out and I'll, I'll say it <laughs> credit later. Somewhere. Credit. I, I want to add a point that on your last program that I listened to, I think you made a comment, both of you, along the lines of wanting to get newer players involved, both not just on your podcast but in the game, and you know both. And so I'm considering Zach one of those guys. Zach is a, a younger player. Zach's uh, been on a very steep learning curve, and he'll talk a lot about you know how he got started probably later on in the show and you know the learning curve he's been on and what he likes about the game and you know some of the things he's observed so i think he's the kind of guy you want to get his input on because he's really come a long way from his not too long ago when he was first learning the game about two and a half years maybe you know yeah yeah zach made rookie of the year i think in uh, 2013 didn't yeah it didn't wasn't you? very stiff competition yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> but still it's an honor. yeah it's an honor nonetheless yeah and you want to hang on to that. Nobody appeared, uh, he was even in the running in 2014. Yeah, so just got that by default. By when did, when did Eric start playing? I think that's when we did away with Rookie of the Year, I think. was the, the year possible. Eric, I'm not sure. Eric broke the Rookie of the Year award. By, <laughs> he broke the mold. He broke it. Yeah. So thanks, guys, for coming. We don't know why you're here, but maybe we'll find out later on in the show. So what have you been up to? Dave, what have you been up to? You oh. may not talk to politics. Watching you the, may not talk politics. Watching, you cannot talk politics. Watching my neighbor get arrested. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I guess. And that's about it. You just laying on the floor, kind of peeking up over the edge of the, the living room window? We were, I was filming, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, where you, you hold the cell phone <laughs> over the window edge? Like, what's going on? We'll find out later. <laughs> so it's probably very sad anyway, but... Anyway, it all went off very safely. We're hoping everyone's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they took him away in the in the paddy wagon? In the ambulance. Oh, oh the ambulance. Wow. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention that part, did I? No, you know? So that's so why the, I was thinking, you know. Depending post- on tomorrow's paper, this might be on the cutting room floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah we know. Wow. Much about this. Yeah, maybe we should turn on the news and see if your house is on there. And what have you been up to, up to Jeff? I've been doing a lot of work. A lot of work. And... Uh, it's interesting work, but it's annoying. People, you know what? People annoy me. 
we know I, that from <laughs> doing the show. You've you've made that very clear many times. Uh, but I, your work involves pleasing many people. It does, How but do sometimes it's me it's pathetic. You, oh, there needs to be a deep not. blue of ASL so you could get the people out, but still get the ASL. Yeah. <laughs> That would be good. So you like computer games where you can just play against the computer without personalities involved. I do. And I, I don't really, I don't mind personalities. I just, you know, because I'm in IT and people drive me crazy with how dumb they are. It's like we made a change to the email server at, at one client and people are calling me like, oh, you know, oh, my toast this morning was a little dark. Do you think it's because <laughs> the new email server? It's like I uh, you know, I had uh, I had loose stool and soft, you know, <laughs> runny bowels. Do you, is, is it because could you could we switch back to the old system? That's what I do with my work. I blame the IT people for yeah, things yeah. like that. That's it's that's just, my method of operation. It's just ridiculous. So I've had it. I've had it up to here, and you can see where I'm holding my hand, right about here. But fortunately, our good friends from Hackershore allowed us to purchase their products today, and I'm drinking one of those right now. How are you liking your hacker shore, Rich? It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm halfway through. That's Rich's first hacker shore. I never probably. had one until today. That's a it's a good old traditional German Weiss beer. Well, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. Yeah, Zach, what are you drinking? Uh, regular old Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Oh, you know that's probably brewed from this October. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. my Diet Dr Pepper. Yeah, how come? You going to beer later? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. Well, today is September 28th, yeah, and today is my youngest son, Jared's 20th birthday, so let me shout out to him for a moment and wish him a happy birthday. And he's the guy, you might recall, was on your 100th episode right here in this podcast. That's right. A couple years ago. Yep. And today's his 20th birthday, so happy birthday, Jared. Happy birthday, Jared. Sorry he's not here. I would have thought he would be clamoring to get back to the foxhole after the good times we had on. Well, he is, but he joined a fraternity and he's going to these parties where the girls are. And oh, we should be down. It's there. not uh, Alpha Sigma Lambda, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Was that an animal house? That would be ASL. Oh, wasn't that, oh. Was that, was that one? Very, very slick, but no, not that one. That would be great if there was such a thing that at college. That would be good. Yeah, yeah, I probably would have joined that one. We should get bumper stickers that say Rush ASL. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Bumper stickers, Dave. Next time. Yeah. Speaking of products. Speaking of products, we have a lot of hats. We have a... We have... Everybody can can have a hat and a half. We have so many hats. Yep. Simple $21 donation uh, if you need it mailed or come by the Foxhole for $15. Pick one up and uh, get them fast. Yeah. Get them quick. Yeah. If you're in the area, we put up all our guests at the Hilton in Arlington (laughs) Heights. Yes, we do. As long as they pay for their own. They have to pay for their own room and all their services, but we put them up there. <laughs> Come over here and check in, and we'll put you up. There. So to get your hat, simply, uh, well, I guess you should email us. for. No, they're available by the time you hear this. Well, some people listen later than earlier, so why don't you shoot us a Gmail at the Gmail account. We'll direct you to make a donation and uh, send us your address. We'll get it right out to you. They're not really flying off the shelf like they're we not, thought they were. I'm, su- I'm surprised. Very surprised. I'm surprised. We sold all those wacky T-shirts and then yeah, the shirts went like the hats. Maybe like too many products in too short of a time period. Maybe, but this could be our last product ever. Actually, I'm about done. Oh, is it? You. You're going to retire yeah, from the product? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but and what else, Rich? You had a question about a contest, didn't you? Yeah, I was listening to your last podcast and uh, listening to your suggestion to the listeners that 
you wanted them to record something, you know, on the website and, you know, something interesting, something, a remark of some sort, didn't have to be, you know, anything super profound, as I recall. But I thought perhaps, or I was confused myself listening, you didn't say exactly how one would win. You said how one could enter, but, you know, was it based on the quality of the submission? Was it not based on that? Was it going to be a random? I was, I was unsure. And you are correct. We did neglect to say that. That is typically done by drawing. So we'll take all the names of people who call in, leave a voice message. Anything specific to say, Jeff, in the voice message? No, they can say anything they want. Anything you want. It has Just to be words call though, of in. some kind in language, recognizable as a language. It doesn't have to be English. But. Correct. And we're going to take the three people who joined last time our contest for the... Right, greatest we, ASLer in the world, yes. which I think we failed to ever pull prizes for. <laughs> right, maybe that's why nobody we're, we're signs up for our contests anymore. <laughs> so we're going to put those three in. That's Dennis Donovan and his buddy, and I could look him up, but we're, we're always too lazy to do any research on this show. Yeah, and then the two call-ins were up to five people, and the prizes, best prizes ever, starting with uh, an official. These are hot off the presses, too. The Offboard Artillery Access Card Deck. There are 260 cards in this deck. And this this is heavy. If you drop this on your foot, you would know it. This is a very nice prize. These are normally, I think, about 40-ish dollars, American dollars. Yeah, they look really very high quality. I myself so, uh, <clears throat> am planning to buy these at Aslock coming up here in a week. Well, they double as, um, you know, the chits is my understanding. So you got... Regular ones, and then you got access denied ones. So, right. not only do you have your chits right there, you have all the, you know, options and what that has, what it does, and you know, what rubbles the building and what shell holes and, and yada yada yada. In addition right to that prize, we have the St. Louis pack, yes. full brand new unopened St. Louis pack, and a critical hit magazine and various other sundries. We and got goodies, lots, so. really good prizes. That's yeah. really good prizes. And you talked about mm-hmm. the Burma pack, the St. Louis pack on your last program, and yeah. that, and you are correct. That is a high quality, well done piece. It was nice, and I think we should probably then actually segue into a certain segment called "What's in the Box." Wow, it's pretty good. That's authority. And let's jump right in. Go ahead, Zach. Start us off. What's, what's in, in that box? box there? All right. So we've got the off, the off-board artillery access cards right here. And it comes in a wonderful – well, it comes in a box. It actually <laughs> legit comes in a box as opposed to a bag. But uh, it's, it's very firm, you know, very sturdy box. It is so, a sturdy box. You know, it's impressive. Like, what the heck? This thing is, weighs a ton. This I was is a really great box. Yeah. It's yeah. probably – it's $40 for the cards and it's $42 for shipping. Because <laughs> it's so crazy. Because they're so heavy. No, we're kidding. But you can and, you can throw this in your ASL to go bag and you know not oh, yeah. worry about it no problem. Then in the box we have you know these wonderful well cards just like uh, any other playing card, but probably a little thicker and it's it's pretty heavily laminated. It's very good quality card. They're OBA cards, and I had said looking at these beauties, people are going to take their two half squads OBA cards and throw them right in the trash. Yeah, you got yeah. you got to keep up with the Joneses here. This is pretty slick stuff. Uh, so each one of these cards has got the, uh, you know, the, what's it called? The millimeter, the, so the caliber. Yeah, the caliber. There we go. Right. And so, you you know, you, you pick out what caliber gun you're dealing with here, and then you got all your options on it, like high explosives on the 12 chart. For, I'm looking at a 70 millimeter battalion mortar. Uh, in the right, it gives you the DRM for the uh, rate, 
radio access, I believe that is. Mm -hmm. That's why it's got a little fancy radio. Shows you harassing fire would be a four, but you get the two, you know, hex range. And then a barrage would be eight, but that's only by SSR. And uh, original die roll of two would rubble a wood building, but wouldn't do anything to a stone. That's all the info right here on your fingertips. You don't have to look you it up. You don't have to look no. up, yeah, the rubble numbers right there. It's wow. beautiful, which is usually a whole ordeal whenever I do it. I, I like the fact <laughs> that the, the cards have the hexes, a depiction of the number of hexes that would, have a, would be affected. And then, uh, especially for some of the bigger ones, like the Naval OBA, so it shows you the... Uh, from the angle. Right, there's the, a couple extra the hexes. Right, right. right, so there's some extra hexes that are affected there. There's nine hexes really instead of cool. seven, and yeah. it's hard to remember that sometimes. Right. Yep. And well, it, I don't like them for two reasons. I can think of one. What? One is that They're too heavy you don't you. need the uh, spilky rules table on the rubble creation and the flame creation that I so painstakingly did because the card's got the answer there for you. So I'm complaining about that. <laughs> and number two is there's no pictures of Dave and Jeff on these cards. Now, that is the only drawback to these cards. But speaking of graphics, and I'm kind of the uh, box art review guy, um, that, that graphics all the way around on these pretty nice. Is that a photograph, though, not a painting on this, the cover? It, it, you know, it looks like, like a, a photo with, yeah, like yeah. a little... I don't know what you yeah, call it, so kind of a filter. You know, but hey, uh, and each card is different photos on the front by, like, Naval OBA, of course, has a ship on it with this beautiful blue background. The uh, lettering graphics are nice, changing in colors, and they're all easy to read. He's got his, you know, he hasn't put black lettering on a black background. Yeah, seriously, they are very nice. I am going to buy a set, uh, although I do miss the fact that they don't have Dave and Jeff's picture on them. And, and you don't want to wait to enter our contest and see if you win, because oh. by then... You might not win, and then you'll miss your opportunity to pick them up at Aslock. I have some criticisms of the cards, and I, I took the liberty of typing them up. Wow. I, it's about 40 pages Oh of yeah? some things that I would like to see improved. My goodness. Do you just um, print out the rule book? I just, I, I won't go over it now because it, it'll take too long. But if anybody <laughs> would like to, the criticism of the cards instead of the cards, just sent forty two dollars. <laughs> I've never seen you prepare a single page, yet alone forty pages. Yeah, really, it's very unlike me. And you know, if there were a nuclear war, these cards are so thick, and this box is so thick. I don't know. I still, I still think a nuclear war would destroy it. But uh, yeah. if there were a conventional but, war, it's yeah. a depleted uranium box. Yeah, yeah. This set. If it was just a dirty bomb. Yeah. This set consists of two hundred and sixty-two cards divided into twenty-three groups including three mortars, seven artillery, five rocket artillery, eight naval artillery modules. Each module is made up of seven to 15 access cards. So that's what's officially in here, and this is, of course, produced by Derek Ritter. We want to say thank you, thank you, and more thank you for your kind donation of product and one to give away. And, and... What I like was it says uh, this product and all of its artwork are under copyright. No. I thought it said something like for use with. Yeah, over like there. What you use it with. Where? This product is with. not affiliated with an expansion of or an accessory to any specific game. Right. This product and all of its artwork. So you can use it. Really, Ritter. what that says to me Triad. is you can use it with any game. Candyland, this is really Candyland, Monopoly, for. Shoots and Ladders, Strip yeah. Poker. Of course. Triad. So, and uh, contact and ordering from D Ritter, three at triad. rr. com, and we'll put a link up. Yeah. 
on this very show. Now, I think those are nice, uh, and I would see, I can see myself using them, yeah, uh, despite absolutely. the fact that it might hurt Rich's feelings. It does, just a little. But, but what do you think? Would you uh, use them? I will use them. I'm going to buy them. Yeah. I would, yeah, I'm going to definitely use them and set the two half squads OBA cards just out on the table anyway, just to make me feel better. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of scenarios that we're going to talk about here in the show coming up, we actually ran out of cards because I did not have these at the time because I still haven't bought them yet. And because we have like two radios apiece in some of these scenarios that Zach and I are going to talk about. And so when you think about it, there's 26 black cards in a conventional deck, right? Yeah. And so we actually didn't have enough because, you know, one guy gets eight and the other guy gets nine. It, if you have four modules, you know, that adds up to more than 26 black, black cards. So right. we actually had to get out a second deck and it was a little bit confusing for a little while of which was which because we tried to get by by having one guy be red for the black and yeah. black for the red. Oh, wow. And, and, that, yeah. and that got us very confused very quickly and we're not smart enough to keep track that way. So we quickly, not that long, sure. so I had to run upstairs and get a second deck of cards and... <laughs> Oh, the humanity. It was awful. But we didn't have this wonderful quality deck to, yeah. to, as an option at the time. And you think this would have solved your problem? Um, it would have helped, yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. And, you know, we see a lot of products come out um, that, it, and all of them are nice. But I don't use all of them. I think these I would really use. I think this would be a regular part of my kit. And everybody should have one. Along with the Spilky Rules tables, of, of course. Of course. Of course, goes, which goes, are free. Goes without saying, and they're free. Yeah, which are free, but feel free to send Rich a donation through the two half squads. Of so course. We'll, we'll you, take out our handling. Process we have a handling. <laughs> handling, <laughs> processing. handling, processing, <laughs> yes. yeah, other things. Administrative. Yeah. Gotcha. It adds up. You're gonna. He's gonna get. An, you're gonna get an invoice from them. Be like, we got a <laughs> yeah. donation. Yeah. Yeah. And you owe us five dollars. <laughs> Probably. That's right. You could you could pay us now. This is not the letter song. This is not letters. No, this is Love Letters in the Sand by Pat Boone. If you can hear it, maybe you can mic it. I like the other letter song where it sounds like you're opening letters. I do too, Rich. Or you're typing. And then the typing. Oh, no. I like the typing. Typing is where it's at. You can't change that. Someone just wrote saying they love it, don't change it. Probably because we had changed it to like ABC in the last one. Oh, all right. Well, yes, this is cool. Some people don't, they don't like it when we mess with things. I think it's awesome to go with the traditional letter typing. Now it's time for letters. I encourage everybody to go out and just buy the album, and you can listen to that as much as you want. And Zach, do you have a letter for us? Uh, yes, I do. I have one from an Irwin Lau in Hong Kong, Asia. Uh, Irwin writes, Eric is such a funny and talented guy. His comment on the flames of war was terrific. I've listened, to, I've listened three times so far, and LOL in every occasion. Due to work, I need to drive to China once a week, so at minimum, each of your episodes... Each of your episodes will be listened to at least four times, at most eight. So please keep it coming more frequently. Once a month is so long to wait. Regarding ASL Journal 1, Smoke Article, Tom is referring to two situations. One situation is a squad of assault moves, AM, to concealment, 
to concealment terrain location and then throws smoke in its own hex, three movement factor in total. The other situation is squad plus leader combo declares assault movement, throws smoke into an adjacent open ground, two movement factors, and then moves there, another two movement factors. Four movement factors are used in total. But due to the leader bonus, assault move can still be declared. Both are legit moves and are moving to one location only. I think we missed, we had talked about this being wrong on our last show. That's what we get for trying to correct somebody. Well, well time out. I have one question, though. On the, I see, on the, yeah, Rich, I saw on you the, lean in when the, on the first situation yeah. leaned in, like, let me time see. out. So I uh, just want to make sure I understand. In the first situation, the squad assault moves, I guess, okay, it doesn't say he's concealed, but he's assault moving into right. concealment terrain. But if he is concealed and he assault moves into concealment terrain, let's say woods, that's two movement factors. He can stay concealed. Yeah. But if he tries to throw smoke in his own hex, it it's one. only one. So it's still an assault move, yeah. yes. Okay. Right. But throwing smoke is a concealment loss activity. Oh, by itself. Yes. Okay. Now, if he fails his smoke roll, I believe he keeps concealment, but... Because he didn't he throw does, smoke. Right, but he does expend the movement factor, the one for movement trying, factor. For, for looking for the grenades. That's my understanding. But if you actually do throw the smoke, you lose concealment, even though, yes, it still was an assault move. And then on the second situation, for sure, you would lose concealment if you didn't have the leader. Yeah, and, and we heard it, we thought, I don't think we noticed he said a leader was with the guy. We were like, you can't assault move two and then throw smoke for two, that's four, that's not an assault move. But with a leader, that would still qualify. Yes. I feel better. Being corrected. Yeah. And I fully expect it. Keeps us in our place. Yeah. And I have one here from our friend Bill Forg. You guys know him down at the... At the Southwest Outpost. Uh, Side note, Eric uh, Ortega has asked me to mention the Southwest Outpost as many times as possible tonight on this show. So I might just slip it in inorganically into the conversation throughout. Ding, ding. That was one. That was one. And he says he enjoyed the shows with Eric. Speaking of Eric, actually... And, and where's Eric located again? He's Eric's out at the Southwest Outpost, which right. is uh, southwest from and here. Actually, any of the interviews with people are the best parts. That way the natural banner comes through, and it's still ASL. And he would love to hear more from other gaming groups. Now, Jeff, we do have a plan to contact more gaming groups, right? Yes, it just, we do. It takes forever to like get anything done because there's always new product, there's always new rules, there's always... It's just, I mean, we did, we, like, what, two years ago, we said we should contact each gaming group and have them phone interviews. And Didn't you so, just learn about the Philadelphia gaming group on your last episode? You were talking about the Philadelphia right. group? Yeah. Uh, we did? Yes. I already forgot about it. <laughs> we did. We heard, <laughs> from, we heard about the Philadelphia I know your podcasts better than you, you know do. them, Dave. You do. I listen to every word you say. So thank you, Bill. Okay, this letter is from Nelson Asada, and he says, Hello again from Alaska. One of the players in town is a KGP fanatisand, if that's a word, and is hyper-aggressive with his tanks. He self-admittedly loves to intensify US, UZSB, drive his tanks into buildings, and seems to get away with it. I have not played the Staumont campaign game, but before we start, I want to be sure I have the breakdown rules correct and will also insist on a dice tower. Could you review the two articles in general 30.5 regarding breakdown number, X number, and uh, breakdown number in parentheses, like the low ammo thing, uh, and the attached Texas ASL player aid? Thanks. And so I can't speak for you guys as far as reviewing that exact general article or the Texas ASL 
player aid, but I can say, Nelson, that the rules table, Spilky rules table number 9, there's actually a 9A and a 9B, uh, that are both related to the same topic, very, very vividly explains exactly what happens to the breakdown numbers when you intensive fire, when you have a captured weapon, when you have non-qualified use, when you have a low ammo vehicle without the low ammo placed, when you have a low ammo vehicle with the low ammo counter placed, how the breakdown numbers change with every single combination and permutation of all of those things combined, two of them at the same time, three of them at the same time, everything you can possibly think of, it's there. Now, didn't you just upgrade that? T- is that the one you just expanded on the last couple months? That's right. That's one I've, that I, I've always had that table right, nine right. addressing that topic, but a couple things happened. One, it was missing some information that I, I myself found myself looking up and wanted to include it on that table. And secondly, a friend of mine, Robert Banizic, who's another rules uh, expert, he uh, found a few errors actually on that table that I needed to fix. So both of those wow. things happened. So I fixed the errors and I included the new information and I believe it'll answer almost all of his questions. And you can access those still on our site? Do, yeah, the tables? They have the upgraded oh, yeah. one? Do they, yeah. No. We upgraded? Well, I'll make sure that we have all the updated, the latest tables. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure they're all in there. Yeah, it's so, the set I sent you a couple yeah. weeks ago. I think you have it. Yes. Yeah, so we'll, up, we'll update that, Nelson, By the time you, you hear this, that, that latest set will be there. And then I'd also refer you back to the previous show we have done on the breakdown numbers, but I don't know the number of that right now. But um, there is a previous show about it. And uh, we might look at the chart again later on. I think I refer to the general article that was written about that topic. It might be that same article he's talking about. Probably, I can't, I can't yeah. go by memory here, but I do reference a general article that I used as inspiration to make that table. It very, could, very well could be the one he's referring to. Yeah. So he can skip the article, and we can skip the article, more importantly. Yeah, I think the, I think the chart's going to cover everything you're going to need. We'd like to remind everyone that the Two Half Squads is brought to you by kind donations from Mr. Mullins. Just him. And we have our one and only benefactor. No, and oh. in addition to that, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Of course, they were actually buying hats. That counts as a donation, so you get your name read out loud. A charitable donation. A yep. Do we have to? We don't make enough money that we have to uh, declare taxes. Zach, can you answer this for us? I'm not a tax attorney per se, but I think it would qualify as de minimis and not uh, not oh, be de minimis. Oh, de minimis. He's, He's using said, Latin said, words. Said Latin. Nice. Oh. Of course, we I'm could gonna, we could consider. Uh, I'm going to toast you for that. Clink and drink. As or clinkus did, did you, and drink. Did you? Was that some of that law school money coming through there? Yeah, yeah that was that was fifty thousand dollars worth of information right there. <laughs> so you guys will get an invoice. <laughs> I take it what you mean is it's so little that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what your num- the numbers are, but I can't imagine. It's about forty five thousand dollars. Oh well, so that I, might, so I said, yeah, but that's... you said it. You're an officer of the court. You right. said it. You know what? I'm, st- I'm stuck with it now. Yeah. It's diminis. Yeah, it's diminis. He said it was diminis, and I and I agreed. And now we have a letter from our last reading letter. We know we have our, two audio letters. One of our favorite guys, unknown. Who writes and says, I know snark is the rage on the internet, but allow me to say that this episode, this was posted on episode 147, by the way, this episode seemed heartfelt and sweet. Nice work, guys. And I always your, enjoy your movie reviews along with everything else you wish to talk about. And make no mistake, 
MacArthur, whatever his other qualities, was an incredibly vain and egotistical man. He called us sweet, Dave. That brings a tear to your eye. No. <laughs> got something in my eye. Can I just share it with everyone? Yeah, well, it's beautiful. Would you like a tissue? Yes, please. You guys are really special. <laughs> well, thank you, much. Thank you, <laughs> I will say, though, on, again, on your last show, you did talk a little bit about MacArthur, and you both indicated you had read some material on him. I've read tons of volumes on him. Oh, really? Both uh, critical and praise, you know, giving his praises. and. Oh, you so know, you read his uh, autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a couple of biographies written about him. I don't think he had an autobiography. Oh, that would be the one that praised him. Yeah, but uh, he um, he was definitely very uh, thought very highly of himself, and you know he was pretty pretty arrogant. And he surrounded himself with with men who, you know, definitely thought he was something else, and were very much yes men. Yeah, he didn't want people arguing with him. And okay, good. I didn't want to get in trouble for saying anything else slightly derogatory of a great American yeah. hero. I mean, he truly was brilliant, and he truly was very bright and much smarter than the average person. But, you know, he also kind of carried himself that way. I don't know anything about what he did after the war. What did he? I remember when he died. I remember getting the the Look or Life magazine in the mail when he died. Wow, and with his yeah hat hanging on the on a coat tree. Um, but anyway, what did he do after the war? He did he run for president or anything? He did, he he did threaten to, but he never did. Oh. No, I think he actually ran in the Republican primary. Oh, did he? Against Eisenhower and mm. did, did not win. Or maybe it was before that. I could be wrong. But he definitely ran in a primary and did poorly. Oh. You know, like 5 or 10% of the vote or something like that, as yeah. I recall. But anyway, just wanted to confirm that you were not wrong to uh, have read that and made that point. Okay. Yeah. And we have an audio letter. Oh, great. Hey, Jeff and Dave, this is Eric here from the Southwest Outpost, commanding officer and reporter at large for the two half squads. Hey, the ASLOC in, in Ohio is just absolutely teeming with activity that I'm going to have to report to you at a face-to-face opportunity that I hope will come very soon. Next, we'd like to also tell you that the winner of the event will be posted and surprisingly have mentioned the Hallett Maneuver. That's right, Jeff. The Hallett Maneuver has been employed with great precision, and you get all the credit. Anyway, hope that the uh, the activities around the old broadcast foxhole do well. And also, mark me down for any contest that might be coming along. <laughs> anyway, guys, great job as always, and keep your hat on, the two half squads hat. We'll see you in a bit. Bye. Hello, Jeff and Dave. This is Jackson Kwan calling in to enter into the latest uh, call-in contest to announce on episode 147. You know, the other day, I was actually looking at this Hong Kong ASL players group on Facebook. There are 116 uh, members on there. Now, I know there are a couple of little groups playing on a regular basis in Hong Kong, but I got to believe there are actually more ASL players in Hong Kong, maybe not so much players, but at least folks who are interested in learning the game. So here's the message. Guys, it's a hell lot more fun if we actually come out and, and play with other folks. Now, it can be face-to-face games, or if you don't have the time, we can actually do Fazzle. But all in all, we can learn together even if you actually don't know much about the game. That's how I started. So folks, by all means, please, you can actually use me as a contact. Drop me a message on Facebook. Uh, or, or email, um, we can actually line folks up. 
that's got to be more players in Hong Kong. Anyhow, Jeff and Dave, thanks for this. Thanks for the podcast. Great job. See ya. I so the, con- the contest is really heating up. There's two people in yep, there now. Yep, that's Jackson Kwan and Eric O. And I think shipping Jackson may be prohibitive to ship you any prizes. Wow, Eric <laughs> might be winner by in default. Asia. Yeah, it could be. He's in Asia. But we'll see what we can do. Well, I don't know. If you put it on a slow boat, it takes it takes some time, it, though. Okay. So, I was chatting with those guys. I don't know if you guys... You so get, we'll put you, you guys ever go into the... Uh, I know you don't, Dave, but you ever go into the Slack chat room? I have I, I, ha- I did at the beginning. I've I've been slacking off. Um, yeah, me too. That's why we call it. <laughs> but uh, uh, I have gone in it a few times, and I made a few comments. But it seems like again, I'm going by my own impression here. It has. Um, I see a lot of like, oh, I'm getting up now to eat my breakfast, and I'm going to have a cup of coffee down at the, you know, coffee shop, and that type of thing. Well, nobody cares that you're doing those things. <laughs> Well, you should bring up, if you bring, I do see some of that, but if you brought up an ASL topic, I'm sure everybody would be talking ASL. Well, yes. Because that's usually what happens. And there's the, the room for, like, emergencies. Well, now I can bring it up here right now on my mobile slacks so I can, you know. So you can say that you've done it. Well, that and I can chat about ASL. I've actually, as an attorney, sat in a courtroom on chat on Slack and talked ASL. Wow. Nice. nice. That's um, nice. So, you know, it provides that feature. But. I'm sure your client is very happy about that. You build them, I'm sure, at full rate. Yes, that was a, that was a $300 slack. Did jet. you use <laughs> the word diminish at all? In the- I can't say that I did. Um, but there's a, there's a specific, like, rules question thread, I guess. Yeah, and then there's, there's just a little area thread. you can go. Yeah. But, yeah, there's usually Jackson Quan. Anyway, Jackson Quan is usually in there when I go on in the mornings and Mark Humphreys and a lot of guys from overseas, and they're staying connected and having a nice time together and so i encourage and the you who have gone in there and then haven't gone back go back in there talk get talking all right i'll see what i can do all okay. right let's all join and now hands. it's time for let's all join hands for rules oh rules we don't have a theme song we've had various ones for rules but rules, take it away rules, gentlemen rules, our special rules, guests rules, rules let's yeah why are you guys here what are we talking about tell us about what's going on well we're here to talk about Boats, boats, boats. Specifically, the... Uh, the love boat. The pneumatic kind. Well, there's probably not much love going on in some of these boats. Um, so but, how did this all come about? Boats. Well, wait, you know, I know what they say about the Navy. No, I, traditions in the Navy. Do tell. Rum and... Sodomy and the lash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Churchill said, or somebody said. It's Churchill. Wow. <laughs> That's icky. So speaking of love boat. You know what? I'll take the lash. So throw yeah. your rubbers overboard. There's no one here but men. 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 <laughs> Do you remember that one? Yeah. Okay, we'll edit all that out. Yeah, but we digress. Um, so what was the question? Tell us about your your, bo- your boat fetish. Well, okay, so our boat fetish Your starts. pneumatic fetish. Our pneumatic fetish for pneumatic boats here. Um, so our... our the story of the boats is uh, I was at the ASL Open with most of the guys from the Southwest Outpost. Six. Yeah. <laughs> That's five, Iraqi County. Yeah. I think it's one. Well, now we're going to have to go back and count them. Uh, anyway, I'd seen pictures on, on Facebook groups and, and so on of this new uh, Deont campaign game, which uh, had me very interested, a very interesting part of the war for me and so on and so forth. But I'd only seen it, you know, being playtested or, you know, whatever. Well, I'd heard that there was a regular old ASL scenario 
covering that topic, and we were discussing it at the open, and, and uh, that's actually, I think, where I heard that the, that scenario existed. So after the open, I looked it up on the uh, scenario archive, and I got the, you know, where it was. It was in the journal or something like that, or a, yeah, I think it was a journal. So I said to Rich, "Do you have, you know, do you have a copy of this?" Which was, I'm sure he, I'm sh- I was sure he did. And I said, "Well, I'd be interested in playing it, not so much for, just not, more for the historical, hmm. you know, idea than it was an actual, you know, a, a great scenario, great scenario, yeah, because yeah. I think it's pretty weighted against the, the Frenchies." But so we decided to play it, and it involves boats. The Germans are moving across. Get a, get a Cross the bridge or across the Diant. I think what Diant's the town is right. Is that right? I think it's yeah because it's crossing the Meuse River. So they got to oh, get okay. across the, the Meuse River and set up a bridgehead. So there's boats involved. So Rich looks at it and he says, "Oh well, okay. Well, we got to get hip on the boat rules, which necessitated the creating of a table, uh, brand new. Well, brand new at the time. Spilky table number twenty four, alpha and beta, A and B. For those of you out there. So I don't know if you want to." Um, Describe what sure. we've got here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I know that the, they already covered boat rules on a previous podcast. That was 121, you thought, Dave, approximately? Yes, 121. 121. Covers so the rules, the boring Kleinschmidt way. Right, so I don't need to you know, dive into the super good details here, but I at least want to cover rule table 24A and 24B. I guess our main purpose here is to talk about not so much the boat rules, but the boat rules are going to be used in these scenarios that we'll be describing that we've taken the time to play, and perhaps it'll encourage the listeners to consider trying these scenarios because they're, they're biggish. They're not enormous. But they're big, and you know if you're not comfortable with the boat rules, which really are pretty straightforward and pretty simple once you've gotten into them. But they're different, and they're you know if you're going to play, you might as well play, play a couple scenarios once you've learned the boat rules. Yeah, they're not like cave rules. No, they're nowhere <laughs> near as hard as that. So anyway, if you look at the Spooky Rules tables, which uh, you know you could download from the Half Squad website anytime, these are towards the end, 24A and 24B. So the first section, if you'll look at it shows just some of the basics about the different types of boats that exist, the assault boats, the large rafts, the three different kinds of small rafts. And these are just some of the basic statistics about them, how many portage points they can carry, how many portage points you need as a minimum to paddle them. Uh, Sometimes they get manhandled on land, and that takes a certain amount of portage points to move them around. They can also be towed, so they have manhandling numbers. So this sort of just summarizes the numerical statistics. Uh, and so the first sheet, the first side, 24A, is basically how to move the boats themselves, how to enter the boats, how to move in the water. And in particular, the one line I do want to point to is uh, in the beaching section, which is kind of in the middle. So beaching is when, and I'm sure you covered this in the rules, because uh, it's pretty you know, central to the boat rules, when you enter a water hex then you beach the boat by kind of putting it halfway between the land hex and the water hex. And so the key rule to know there, the very bottom of the beaching beaching section here on the rules table, is that a beached boat and its passengers are at the elevation of the water, which is usually negative one, but they are not considered in the water. And that's very important for the next thing I'm going to talk about, which is when you get shot at when you're in a boat. So, in your tracing line of sight to see a beached boat, you trace that line of sight to the water center dot, and you consider the boat at that negative one level for line of sight purposes. But if it's beached, it is not in the water, which is going to affect the next chart we're going to talk about. If you're actually in 
that hex in the water and not beached, well, then everything else I said is the same. You're still in that level negative one. You're still at that center dot, but you actually are in the water in that case, but not beached. So if you look at the next side, 24B. So can you, you can be in a hex and either be beached or not beached? Correct. Right. Yes. You can be in the same hex and either be beached or not beached. Yes. Yes, but if you're beached, you're you're kind of sitting between the hexes. You're sitting on the line. Touching okay. Right, yeah. you're ready to unload and get onto the land. Okay. Uh, and this describes how to do that and when you can do it in the advanced phase and the movement phase. And I'm not going to cover all that because I think you already covered it in your yeah. podcast and, and the table very well explains how to do that. But the table that took the most time that I think is of the most use that perhaps creates confusion when you use boats is this chart I made on 24B, which is all about when you're being shot at. So I broke the table into two sections. You're in the water, meaning you're not beached, or you're beached. And so all of those things, those two giant categories, and there's, you know, again, there's the four different kinds of boats, assault boats, large rafts, uh, two-in-one boat, small rafts, and three-boat small rafts, and all those things are treated differently. So there's four of those. And then four of those for the beach, four of those for the in-the-water situation. So you got eight different possibilities. And you can be shot at by small arms. You can be shot at by area target type. You can, uh, when you get shot at with small arms, you use that unarmored vehicle line, you know, that star vehicle line. Okay. And you can roll less than that. You can roll equal to that. You can get shot at by ordnance. So this table describes every single one of those eight situations with all those different types of things that might be shooting at you and how to resolve those attacks. So I'm not going to cover it in great detail, but every situation that you can think of, I mean, I may not have thought of everything here. There might be some oddball captured Panzer Shrek with an unarmed unit or something right. you know, that, that I didn't think about. But you know, 99% of their situations are going to be covered by this table. So if you're going to familiarize yourself with boats, I think these tables are a great place to start, and that's what inspired us making this table was these scenarios that involve boats, and we thought we'd use our knowledge you know, a couple times while we had it fresh in our mind. Yeah, great. I would think that would be a huge help for people that would like to play a boat scenario. And I'm sure it happens a lot where they'll think, oh, yeah, let's play this one with boats. And then they look at the rules and go, eh, let's pick something we know. Exactly. Yeah. And this will help them over the hump. So and it really um, wasn't our intention. At first, we just wanted to play this one scenario because, yeah. like Zach said, he was yeah. interested. But then I made the table, and then we're like, well, hey, are there any other scenarios that involve boats? So tonight, I think we want to talk about two of them. Okay. So which two did you play? Well, the very first one we played was, uh, again, the, the one I mentioned, the Deont Bridgehead. That was uh, it's, uh, three boards. It's, uh, it's an older scenario. It's from one of the, the early journals in you know, the early 90s or what have you. So it only uses boards three, seven, and five. So you, know, you don't really need anything exotic uh, to play it. Um, basically... You know, the history of it is is Erwin Rommel's, I think it's 7th Panzer, is just trying to get across the river. And there's actually a 10-3 that's part of uh, um, the German OB that's kind of, from what, I, what I've been told, is supposed to re- represent uh, the young field marshal there, although I don't believe he was a field marshal at the time. Um, the French set up uh, nothing... Well, actually, it's the Germans that set up first. Uh, the Germans have this little... Um, I don't know what you'd call this, this little... Contingent. Yeah, a little oh, a reconnaissance contingent across the river. So the Germans get to set up about... Uh, it's, it's a de minimis contingent. It's a de minimis contingent. <laughs> oh. Uh, I, think be, we, I think we have a title for the show. I was going to say, a phrase that pays, <laughs> yeah. but there you go. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, do we want to refer them to this photograph at this point? Yeah, if you, if, yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, is this the only photograph we have of this particular scenario? Yes, this yeah, is the only one. Okay, so, so this is the one we're talking about. So there's a photograph, and are you going to leave the, the name the same, Jeff? Yeah. So what is the name of this file? Actually, I don't think we've named this one because it was the only one. We probably them. didn't name this one, but it'll be called uh, just A65. Okay, fair enough. So the scenario yeah. name. Yep. So you can maybe yes. talk from there. Yes, yeah, so you can see here, you can see in the, um, the picture that they'll be posting here that maybe... 40% of the way from the left on the beach, there's a little gray spot. That's where Rich put his... Yep, right, yeah. Jeff's got his cursor over at the moment. But uh, where he put his reconnaissance detachment. Uh, he, now, I know he did this so that I couldn't kill them very easily because, as you can see, they're hiding sort of um, in the woods. So I can't, you know, I couldn't just get a shot at them. They're all protected, which if I had to do over again, I, I would have just bum-rushed those guys for for hell or, hell or leather right there but i um otherwise i pretty much spread out fairly um you know could had to cover the whole beach so there's really nothing too yeah there's a lot of there. a lot of uh geography here yeah a lot for to the cover number of units that you have you know i guess at this point it's kind of fun uh, yeah I, I guess at this point it'd be a good idea to mention what the victory conditions are so our listeners at least have a idea of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, Shoot all the bad guys. Well, I think that's part of it. Um, yeah, so the victory conditions are very unique. Um, rather than reading them to you word for word, I'll just tell you what they were in general. So the victory conditions are that the Germans have to clear away the French such that none of them have a line of sight to what's called a crossing point, and the Germans have to define secretly this crossing point that's a number of hexes wide, and they secretly record this, and so they know oh, what they it is us. that they're trying to clear the French away from, yeah, and then the French. Cross. And so the balance in the scenario is that the Germans have to reveal that crossing point, point at a certain point in time during the scenario. Mm. I think it's like on the fourth turn it's or turn the sixth six. turn or something. Yeah, and I would say, I don't know if you would agree or not, uh, Zach, we knew that this was going to be pro-German because the Roar record indicated that it was. Yeah, very much so. And so we immediately agreed that the French would get the balance, which means that the Germans would have to reveal that. that, uh, But we think that still isn't enough. We think it needs even more help for the French because there's two radios. Each side gets two radios. The Germans uh, have two field phones. The uh, French have two radios. So that's very interesting right at the bat. So you really got to know your OBA rules and, again, use... uh, Spilky charts uh, 20 A, B, and C to help you with that if you want, if you need help with OBA. The, um, so the German radios obviously are going to get contact a little bit more often with the 11 contact number, and the French have the normal 7 or 8, you know, once they, once they have radio contact. But the 10 negative 3, the Rommel counter, is so powerful on the other side of the beach directing the heavy machine gun and the medium machine gun that, you know, even if you're in a plus 2 building, you're going to get hit with at least an 8 flat or something more than that even, depending on the range. Uh, if you're a radio man on the hill for line of sight, you're going to get hit with like a six down two. Right. And rate of fire with a heavy machine gun, possibly. So it's just too powerful, and you don't even have time to th- drop smoke on that guy. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little too strong, in my opinion, for the German. And sure enough, the German did win in our scenario, but that's not our point. Our point is it's a fun scenario. It's cool. But I think we need to add a little bit to the French side. I'm not sure what that is, but I do think the French need a little help. And then I did, like he said, I did set up my Germans that are starting off on the on the opposite side of the river 
the uh, de minimis contingent. How do I say it? De minimis. De minimis contingent. I didn't go to law school, so you're getting a Bradley education here. Sorry. I, you know, <laughs> you're doing pretty well. Though. I, yeah, I was. I, mean, I, I was. I was. You I was, could probably go to the Daily Center and pass off for yeah, an attorney. Yeah. I went to college I mean, for seven years, but sorry, what can I tell you? Doesn't take much. So, I uh, man, in art school. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, can you say the word de minimis? Like I'm failing here? No. I'm trying. Well, you said it right there. But so I did. I did okay. de- definitely set him up out of line of sight on purpose because I wanted him to, you know. You don't have to actually go out of his way to try to get them, which means he wouldn't be trying to get the boat guys that are trying to make their way across. And they got like six or five water hexes to get across, depending upon where they cross. And so it does take some time for those boats to to scoot across. Yeah, I um, I think it, I'd be interested to do this one again as the French. I think, you know, when you set up as the French, you're like, oh, yeah, these guys are coming across in boats. They're just going to be these vulnerable guys. I'm just going to shoot them. That's what I would them. think. Yeah, that's what I would think. And that is way not the case because if you look, there's not much. Because since it's a minus one level, you have to be on the Correct. shore. Yeah. And there's not a lot of terrain there on the shore for the French to be in. So either you're out in the open, which is not the best thing in the world, or, uh, you know, or you can't shoot them on the, you know, in the, uh, in the river. So I had set up fairly close, hoping to catch them coming on. You know, in the in the woods there and what have you, and as this as we got rolling, it became clear that that was not the way to go because, as Rich mentioned, Rommel's over there just murdering people at minus three, and then the Germans, aside from him, I mean, I think he had them stacked all in one hex, but they also have these tanks that are firing across the the river to kind of you know clear out a path for their friends to get across and the french just don't have any firepower to reach back these squads have five range which puts them at long range at best which is right yeah. you know so two firepower there they got a couple mediums you know but that's that's about it and a mortar and it's it's tough to to trade shots with the germans that do stay on the river to to pin you down and then once the germans get ashore you know and it's a really big problem. So the Germans have tanks on their side, and they can just you can just kind of park them with and fire it with impunity, right? Because there's nothing that can come back to them. well. Uh, the French, no, I guess you've the got the OBA. OBA. Well, yeah, yeah, and the French do have two uh, 25 double long anti tank guns. Okay, so I do think I popped one or two of those with that. Yeah, okay. I think they have what do they have like a seven to kill, perhaps? I think that sounds about right. Yeah, and, and my armor's only about three ish. Yeah, so they can get them. Uh, they, the Germans can move one of their tanks across. There's a special ferry rule that's in the SSRs that allows you to move one boat across with an AFV on it. And it lets you move one at a time, but effectively that means only one. That's, right. That's my favorite rule. The ferry rule. The ferry rule. <laughs> and what about smoke? Was Did I miss that? Or can you you can do smoke. smoke. I mean, the, if you're the French, you definitely want to smoke yeah. up that 10 negative 3. Yeah, on the other side of the shore. But, again, as the German, you know this... And so you're going to try to knock down the leaders that have the radios, which are probably on hills, so that they can find and see wherever the 10 negative 3 might be. Right. And it'll be a long-range shot, but it's negative 3. Yeah. And, he'll ha- a and the leader will have a plus 1 height advantage, but that's all he'll have. Yeah. So, gosh, I just don't know what you, Maybe allow a couple of foxholes for the French? I don't know, at least. Maybe another extra squad or two? What do you think? I know we mentioned it, but I, you know, I haven't really thought about what it was. I don't even know if an extra squad be something. I think to take the edge off the German firepower. I don't, just don't know. Um, maybe make the ten three a ten two. That might help. That could help. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, could, that help. could make a difference. Yeah. So good scenario to learn boats for sure. Yeah, uh, fun for the history and the you know if you're a big Rommel fan or what have you. 
but yeah, d- definitely give the French the balance that is listed there and throw in something else, like like Zach said, to take the edge off the 10 negative 2, or 10 negative 3. Maybe it is making him a 10 negative 2. Maybe that's the answer. It's a thought. How long did it take you to play? It's 10 turns? It's 10 turns. Um, Germans have about 27 or so squads. The British have, wow. or the French have about 8, well, they have 18. Um, I think we did this in two Saturdays, I think is what... We might have threw in a weeknight in there. Yeah, that sounds about right. It wasn't yeah. too long. So maybe two Saturdays of four, four and a half hours each, and then maybe a weeknight for an hour and a half or two. And did all of the boats successfully cross with their passengers? Or no. Were there some casualties? There, were some, I, there, there was some casualties, sure. but, but it's not, not that much. I mean, I know when you just approach something like this, you're like, man, these boats are just going to eat it. But they don't. I mean, because one thing we he didn't mention when we went over the table, but... The table will point out IFT fire is halved against the boats in the river or in the, you know, in the water. In the, in water. the water. Yeah. So, you know, your four firepower squads now at two on the star vehicle line is not, you know, it's yeah. not a whole heck of a right. lot. Yeah. So LMGs and MMGs help a lot, but still. Looks like fun. And it's a little more impressive than a lot of ASL scenarios, which are. Played on half of one board mm-hmm. or half of half of one board, a quarter of one board. You know, and somebody will come down and say, oh, what, what is that? Yeah, I'm playing this war game, and it's like, just like this tiny, tiny mm-hmm. little thing. This is much more impressive. You want to show off. Yeah, the, it, has a good, it has a good feel out. to it. It has yeah. a good, uh, you know, three boards is not too many, but yet it definitely gives you the feeling of, you know, being there and seeing the big picture. So, yeah, I recommend it. It's fun. It's a good way to start off with the boats. But give the French a little something. And cool. Speaking of um, showing the game off, I know um, that uh, there's one group that meets at a church. I think. I think that's uh, it's, that's in uh, Romeoville, Illinois. And it's called the Southwest Outpost. Oh, oh, right. And Rick Collender and I, they have a game night at my church, and I never make it because it's on Saturdays. Which my the guy, my there's several guys that game at my church, and he's always like, "Why aren't you ever my gaming?" I'm like, "Cause I'm always gaming at home." I've got D and D groups, three of them. I got guys' night miniatures games. Saturdays is like the night for all that stuff. And so one Saturday was open, so I grabbed my friend Rick Hollander and we said, "Let's play." He's like, "Yeah, I'm free." You know, 24 hour notice. Um, and then I'm like, "Well, there is the game night at church," and he goes there also. So we went and set it up and. You know, if you get an opportunity to do that, talk about new players coming in. Sure enough, you know, pretty soon there's a guy standing there. And he's some people walk by and go, "Oh, interesting," and keep walking. But then you get the guy who goes, "Is that World War II?" You're like, "Yeah." And yeah. Pretty much, you know. Oh, how, how's that work? You know. And so I'm thinking the next time I'm going to make sure that guy, if he's going, is going to, you know, hey, we can get you in, have someone teach you, and another way to approach that. So, but. Yeah, Fall into the Kleinschmidt trap. Yes, and soon he'll be coming to the Passel Club. Yes. Well, at the at the out at the Southwest Outpost, uh, I believe there have been a few people that have shown some interest and maybe played a few games, but no, no, no diehards yet, or nobody's really gotten sucked in that I know of. Like fanatic, like us. Right. Exactly. Nobody's you know recording a podcast in their basement. <laughs> oh, so they're <laughs> oh, yeah, playing massive boat games. <laughs> right. They're <laughs> dedicating their summer to boat games. <laughs> so. I was at the Southwest Outpost yesterday, and uh, there was a, a lady there because it, it's a church, and they were letting out of church, and most of the people had gone home, but this woman was still there, and we were getting our boards out. 
And I don't know if I should be offended by this or troubled by this or bothered by this in any way, but I, I guess it is bothering me, so there must be something to it. But she's like, oh, well, that really looks like that Settlers game that I've heard so much about. Oh, yeah. oh no, very, very similar. No, and, and, and Eric encouraged me not to argue with her. <laughs> I think Eric was right. So I let it go. See, these are the unwashed masses that yes. Jeff has such a problem yeah. with. Or life. when they, they ask if it's like risk, and you're like, yes, times risk, times <laughs> yeah. risk, time ri- times yeah. risk. <laughs> and a little more complicated. I do, have, I do know people that get overwhelmed with risk, and I'm just like, what? Can't, how? Wow. How? There's yeah, five it gets, dice. That's it gets it. a little boring after a while. Well, I mean, I'm just, the, 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 the game itself, it does get a little boring. It's cool, but. Well, the problem with risk is when somebody's lo- winning, it's clear that they're winning, but it takes a little while for them to, to snuff out off. everyone else's lights. Yeah, we play Lord of the Rings versus Adam and I, and I, I did admire. We were, and when we started, when the first, I think I invited you once or twice on a Saturday, call it a, a miniatures game night, but make it a board game. And um, yeah, I remember Mark Wood stuck all the way to the end. He would just slowly crush. You know? and, I said, and I said, thanks for playing all the way to the end. It was really fun to wipe out that last <laughs> soldier group. Because, <laughs> yeah, we should have hung it up earlier, as you can tell. We, uh... So. And we're back out where I live, me and some friends of mine have periodically, maybe once every six months, we play Risk in the in the, one of the bars downtown. We just set up the Risk on a, like a Saturday night too. You know, the bar gets packed and cool. we just go to town. People nice. Are like, I think that's cool. You were playing Risk? Chick like, Magnet. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. And actually right here in Palatine, Mark Woods attends a Thursday night game session at Lamplighters Inn over here. Oh yeah, they've been doing that for that. They've been running that there for a long time. Yeah, have they? Yeah, yeah. I've never made it. Yeah, but no, you guys played either. two scenarios, is correct? Right, we got yes. another one to talk about. The Gavin's yes. Gamble. And I have played both of these, but it was, you know, me pretty much when they came in. Or Jeff, I, I kind of play them in order. So whenever that came out, is about when I broke out the bolt rules. Is was, there another Gavin's? There's Gavin's Gavin Snake. That's what I thought they were referring oh, okay. to at first. Okay. Well, this one's in Yanks, is my understanding. Uh, so as we were doing. Deont, and we're starting to think, well, you know, we could do more boats. And I'm like, I just happened to be going through my scenarios, probably for a, a game day at the at the Southwest Outpost. And um, I was looking at this one, and I was like, well, heck, there's there's a bunch of boats here, you know. So we didn't play it at the, at the outpost at the Southwest Outpost because it uh, it's like eleven it's eleven turns, three boards. But you know, I said, Rich, I found another boat scenario, and it's. Another big one. Gavin's Gamble. Gavin's Gamble. And it's uh, Operation Market Garden uh, in Nijmegen, trying to cross the river there. I, I'm not sure which river that is. but So, again, it hit me in the historical bone. You know, yeah. some, a lot of times you play these scenarios that it's you don't really know. You know, it's, you know where it is, but you never really heard of it. But this is, I'm sure we've all seen the movie, you know. Right. Uh-huh. So, so we got I, this one. And I'm just always attracted to boats just being boats like i was always attracted to cavalry and i'm always attracted to paradrops just because it's just what it is and even when i was doing the 15 millimeter miniatures asl and miniature i bought a bunch of boats and was you know planning to do these big boat scenarios in in miniature and uh, i loved getting those little rafts and painting them black and then you know so i yeah i just find it really really cool so this one we have a few photographs as well so maybe you want to Point to one of them here, Jeff, and I'll, the listeners can... Uh, I'll put it up here. Pull it up on here on the 3D blackboard. Uh, which one is this? This is Gavin's Gamble 25. Yes. And once again, I was on the receiving end of uh, Rich's River Assault here. So, yeah, let me explain what's going on here, at least, like, if you're going to look at the boards, and I do encourage you guys to look at them here on the that Jeff will post. 
So the little blue post-it notes that you see are just to remind us that those are all water hexes. So uh, anything with a little blue post-it note, we didn't get out special overlays. We just used post-it notes because there were so many places where that happened that it would have been overwhelming to get special overlays. Actually, we did get special overlays, but there's so many that we didn't have enough. I mean, Yeah, that's true. We used some blue water overlays. But I also have the uh, 33% larger board sizes, so I may not have, like, every single overlay there is. Oh, that's that is on the, r- the river that has the islands on it? Yes. Yeah, yeah we got to kill yeah. the islands. Board so. 7. So anyway, all marsh is considered water, as I recall. So you even see, yes. like, on the far shore, you see some Post-it notes indicating that those are water hexes as well. So that's what the little post-it notes mean. But anyway, this scenario is also a good one. Three full boards. And this one is very unique. First of all, this one's balanced, in my opinion. I don't know. We never discussed it. but I thought it was balanced until you break your radio, and then that's all bets are off. <laughs> well, yeah, but I can't help that. But uh, in this one, there's only one radio. The Germans get a radio. But the Americans sort of... It's actually a phone, which I broke the phone. <laughs> yeah, the, the Americans don't get a radio, but they do get... Uh, and if you read the special rules, you'll see that they do get... And also, Jeff's going to post all these scenarios, right? On the That's right, yes. On the, on the website here with the podcast. The uh, special rule indicates that there's, like, tons and tons of this smoke that, like, is considered to have already been shot by the American artillery. And then every turn, you draw a chit, the drift chits that are labeled A through, like, FF or through GG. Yeah. And you pull one of those at random... And then that creates open oh, lanes yeah. where the smoke has cleared, which, of course, you cannot yeah. predict. So as the American, it almost forces you to spread out your boat landing because you really don't know. I mean, I guess you could take a huge chance and enter everybody here, but if that opens up to you know, line of sight, you're, you're in trouble. So I think it forces you as the American to spread out, which is kind of fun uh, for both sides because then both sides you know, kind of know that's the way it's going to be. And the Germans do get, pardon me, the Americans do get four tanks, but these cannot cross. There's no, no. special ferry rule that Jeff likes that allows a boat, uh, the tanks to cross. So the tanks are strictly there to try to shoot across the river as best they can to try to help defend the uh, infantry that's trying to cross on boats. Now here's another little trick for you guys that are going to play it. It indicates that there's 26 assault boats that the Americans get, which is true. But now remember, it's the Germans that have the four movement points for the assault boats, not the Americans. So the Americans only have two. That's a huge rule to know because yeah. obviously if, you're the, yeah, the if you give the Americans double the amount of movement points that they're supposed to get, it's going to you know, help the American tremendously. More importantly, you cannot even use these counters. There are 26 boat counters that you could use, but you're supposed to cloak the American infantry, so he doesn't know which ones have the weapons or which ones has the 9, negative 2 leader in it. You don't want the German guy to know that. So you want to cloak him. But there's no letters on the assault boat counters. There is no A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So you have to use the regular boat counters or something else that has A, B, C, D, E, F, G on it so you can cloak because you do want to cloak if you're the American. So even though it's showing 26 assault boats and you need to use the assault boat rules, you shouldn't use the assault boat counter. So there's a tip if you're going to play it that you need to do something, unless you don't want to cloak, but I think you do want to cloak because you don't want the German to know. So what did you use? I think I just used the regular boat counters that do have letters on oh, them. Oh, okay. But I kept one of these counters out, one of these assault boat counters out, to remind me about the Stats. movement points yeah, and right, you know, yeah. things like that. It's yeah. interesting they're not marked ABC. Everything. They're not. Everything else is. They're not. Well, maybe if they reprint Yanks. Ah, yes. And I think that is in the works. It's on the docket. Yeah. 
Well, maybe we should file a complaint with the powers that be. Yeah, Perry's a good friend of ours. That's what I understand. Respond right away with that suggestion. Or maybe he'll print those counters just for you. He might. Now you're talking. Yeah. But what are your impressions? Want to look at the map and give some thoughts? Yeah. um, Well, so this time around, I had experienced that I had had, uh, flashbacks to Deont, and I realized that, uh, you know, that that leader on the other side of the river with his big machine guns, which Rich once again found, put together a machine gun nest to clear me off the beach. Unfortunately, that wasn't a 10-3. It was only, what, maybe a 9-1 or an 8-1. He actually had two. So he had two machine gun nests with minus one leaders as opposed to one big one with a minus three leader. So I decided to use the radio to try and hopefully put one of them out of action. And uh, I think I got one FFE attack before I broke that whole radio. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, it's not even a radio. It's a, it's a, a phone. phone. Yeah. Um, so uh, Rich had said, and I tend to agree with him, that this is much more balanced than Deont was until you break that radio because I think what help, what saves the Germans or puts the Germans in the fight is the bringing down FFE on all these boats and... A big thing is the in this scenario, I believe the current is moderate, yes. So you have to drift, and when you drift, you eat FFE again. So you, it's almost like a twofer bringing the FFE down on these guys. Right. So that would have just been murder, but we never got that far. So, I mean, the, the Germans kind of just came, or I'm sorry, the Americans just kind of came in and beat our skulls in pretty good. Yeah, that's where we talked about, I know with Rich, I'm pretty sure it was with you, having the little special scenario rules that state that if the radio breaks, it still gets, like, two more mm-hmm. attacks before you take it out, and, you know, to somewhat balance that. Right, or, or the, uh, like, if it, if it breaks yeah. in an early turn, yeah. you get a certain... One, yeah. one scenario yeah. I just played with Rich Domovic, uh, it wasn't involving radios, but it was involving lots of AFVs, and we did try it, and it actually worked. I, I guess I didn't ask his opinion, but I think we both liked it. We had a spare set of thread for line of sight. And that was sort of the uh, the chit, so to speak. Whoever had that could call a re-roll of his own two dice or call a re-roll of his opponent's dice. Oh, yeah, and we talked about that. that. Right, and, the chit, and, and Rich and I just did that recently. It didn't involve radios, but it you know, very well could have. And so I can't remember exactly what sequence of events it was, but I think I rolled a 12 with one of my um, important AIVs that had an armor leader in it. I had the chit. I said, I'm re-rolling that one. And I rolled something less than twelve, and it didn't break. But now the chit was his. Yeah. Ah, and so, yeah. And so then he rolled yeah, something we'll where his gun broke. Like a round table, or like and we I, should do that. I liked it. I tried it only once, but I liked it, and that would have come in great handy, uh, assuming that yeah, Zach would right. have had the chit in his corner. But yeah, I think that he uh, definitely would have exercised it. He would have had that chance. Absolutely. <laughs> We could have used that last time we played, Dave, because we were playing a scenario and we stopped after about turn three because I think you broke the main armament on a couple yeah, of your tanks. Could, it was the apples to apples. Apples mm, to apples, yeah. You kill that tiger because yeah. lost too many tank guns, yeah. weapons. Yeah, it was it's like, the okay, weirdest thing. Now yeah. this ain't going to well, work. It's hard enough to kill it without yeah, that. without yeah. that. So it was like, ah, okay. Well, now, you're, now Zach, now let's yes. be fair. What, 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 what else <laughs> happened here? Well... I Come mean, on now. I'm not, I'm not saying that Rich wouldn't have uh, won had I <laughs> had I had an operational radio, but um, one interesting thing here is that is the Germans get a 6-1, which Ooh. is named, uh, it says on the counter, Von Paulus, who was 6th Army commander, if we remember our, uh, 
history books. Yeah. So, oh, I uh, always refer to it. But now do we have a picture problems. of this coming up? Yes, I th- yes, we do. We have a picture, uh, which I'm sure will be on the website by the time we're all hearing this. Does, it, does this one have a specific name yet, Jeff? This picture? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay, but it's one of the pictures in this scenario section. Correct. So we have... Uh, Right here we have Von Paulus. We have him unbroken, but he was previously broken. And uh, I believe two squads and uh, maybe another leader, it looks like, there. And uh, he rallied, actually rallied, uh, in the, uh, well, the rally. No, I think, you know, I think that was a heat of battle roll. You'd shot me, did the morale check on the leader, the 6-1, snake eyes. So he uh, rallies. So then... I, th- I think what I was doing was you had, as you can see in the picture, there were three broken squads, and so and Paul and Van Paulus was there. So I tried, to, you know, to DM those guys just by shooting at them with some kind of firepower, and I got perhaps a morale check of some sort. And then, of course, Van Paulus goes berserk, and when a leader goes berserk, check yes. for everybody in the stack. Yes. Oh. But it's a plus check because so right. actually this was a harder one than if it was like a good leader yeah but it's still yeah. better than nothing well it's better than nothing the modifier, get it, yeah. The modifier. right yeah. but it, but it made it harder to 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 berserk everybody well everybody went berserk so this whole stack <laughs> comes back to life but berserk but she was not that'll teach me to try to dm right. those squads <laughs> yeah but you still have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you're also not telling them about my nine negative two leader what happened was, oh, it's easy for you to forget. <laughs> the nine negative two leader, which is the best American leader, somehow or another, when I was cloaking or whatever I was doing, I dropped it on the floor. Oh yes, yes. So the nine negative two yes. leader oh, was not even the in the game, game. and That's then I noticed it. Sure. Like on, I don't know what turn yes. it was. It was turn six or seven. It was definitely more than halfway through yeah. the game. I'm like, there's this nine negative two leader in the carpet. And I'm like, what are we going to do? And I think he agreed that we just do some kind of a huge randomness drift counter thing. Yeah, and we just, we just threw him in some stack that he ended up somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I went without a 9 negative 2 leader for six turns. Yes, what probably would have led to further beating on my part. Anyway, so that 6 plus 1 did a lot more than you would have expected him to. Yes, yeah, so he, he actually hung up the, uh, the advance right there on the, on the right. That's the German right, the American left. So if you want to, again, uh, have a boat scenario fest like Zach and I have done, this is another good one to follow up. The first one we talked about, pretty basic boat rules. This yes. one is balanced. I think you can play it straight. Mm-hmm. And you might want to do something to address in case the field phone breaks. You do kind of need that as the German guy. And how did it turn out with the um, – I thought that was really interesting, the way the smoke – the German side was all smoked up, and then it – was it every turn there would be it, a draw it, for a chit for, for it to goes open down a by yeah, two things happen yeah. the smoke diminishes in strength every turn no matter what okay and open lanes open up every turn yeah. every and, then, and they stay open then uh, yes. for the mm-hmm. for the subsequent turns and then eventually yeah. I can't remember now I'd have to read it all but I think on by the time turn three or four rolls around there's no smoke it's at clear all. okay yeah. yeah okay I can't, I remember I remember that part of that one yeah. so basically what that means is the Americans must book across the river as fast as they can they have they really have yeah, no well, choice yeah and just hope for the best on the lanes that open up from the drift counters which forces you to spread out which forces the german to spread out or the german could break their phone and then you could take your sweet time <laughs> yeah <laughs> or your american could drop his nine negative two on the carpet and not notice two, it yeah right i don't think you broke the phone i think it was defective there you yeah. go it's yeah. a fine german probably, phone yeah probably just a quality problem in the manufacturing 
Somebody but you enjoyed this scenario. Would you play it again? Switch sides? It's a, it's worth the play. You're saying right? I'm yes, playing it. And sure. I'm playing it uh, against my friend Robert Banizek in about a week. Excellent. Has he played it before? Do you know? I hope Has not. He played these. Is that yeah, an advantage? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. But he'll probably kick my butt anyway. But presumably he has not. So there's some pictures of that one, a handful. And I think on Roar, I can't remember. Well, that's you know, close. there's some write-up I hear have on the back that's very old. Oh, you cut it out of oh, the Oh, yeah. See, Dave, you're not I, the only one. I, I've yeah. done that. <laughs> you're not the only one. This is old stuff. I mean, like, like Zach said, this is from Yanks. Yeah, and I, I would write like and the, this write the magazine, up. like I'd put, I'd write a little an asterisk up by it. Uh, see General Volume Two. Yes, exactly. For, for tips, you're and just you, like me. I remember you did say you, you guys. So this says that it's oh, ninety. You only had that many. Scenarios. Yeah, this says ninety nine percent pro German. These guys write up as if like the Americans are just going to get demolished, and it's not ninety nine percent pro German at all. I think we said it was like fifty-five, forty-five, maybe a little, pro, maybe a little pro-German. I don't know, but then perhaps you break your phone. And but it's not ninety-nine percent pro-German. Yeah. So, yes, I'd play it. I'd play it straight up. I don't know. You could, if you really wanted to be nitpicky about it, you could talk about the balance. But compared to the other scenario, where I'm definitely saying the French need a little help, this one I think is pretty close to balanced. Yeah. Well, I think people could take that to the bank. They respect your opinion on that. So. That'd be a good one. What does Roar uh, tell us yeah, about I got these? Yeah, on Roar here, it looks like the um, Denant was 16 German victories to 3 French. And the other one, what was it? It's yeah. 24 to 20. Pro, uh, 24 German. pro German. So maybe yeah. the Americans need a tiny, tiny something maybe. On the Gavins. On, on, the, on the Gavins, yeah. but it's not that far off. So the French get clobbered. Oh, yeah. They get their clocks... Uh, Good and clean. They deserve it. So give them yeah. a lot of help. Yeah. If you so desire. Well, anyway, is that going to wrap up the show for today? We have I think more to it. talk about. Let's do it next next. Yeah, we'll do uh, it next weeks. show. We'll have you guys back in two weeks, Excellent. and uh, we'll talk about the next scenario. All right. So Excellent. Great to see you all. Okay, thank you. Goodbye, thank everybody. You. Bye, Remember everybody. Remember to uh, roll low. And rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yes, well, especially the French. Well, they're trying to—they're uh, trying to impose their their will on the internet. This idea of the right to be forgotten, but the internet should be open. And the French government is saying, "No, we don't want that." And they're—they're they're trying to force that onto Google, and it's just—it's uh, kind of crazy. So, do we have to change French fries to freedom fries? Again? I think again. Yes. Dang. Liberty, liberty toast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha.